I first must give honor to the Holy Spirit who is the head of my life. I bring greetings to my pastor, Pastor Mascal, and to Deacon Douglas Blake on the Rostam, and greetings to the whole host of faith. I just want to give God thanks for this morning that He has spared my life, that I can stand here before you. I am standing here this morning because Jesus loves me. I don't know about you, I think he loves me more than he loves you. And that's why I'm standing here this morning. And I pray that his anointing will come down. I pray that I stand here this morning. You may see me, but you will hear from God himself. I will be sharing with you this morning from a very known passage of scripture. Very well known, you all know it. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to St. Luke in chapter 15. St. Luke 15, reading from verse 11 to verse 20. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fell to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance in righteous living. And when he had spent all, there rose a mighty famine in that land, and it began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to feed, into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with hops that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. <clears throat> and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to eat and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose, verse 20, and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word this morning. This passage of scripture here it carries three parables. First one is the parable of the lost sheep. Second, the parable of the lost coin. The third, the parable of the lost son. But this morning I'll be sharing with you from the parable of the lost son. I will be concentrating on verse 20. It states that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Therefore, these three parables give illustration of the purpose of Jesus' earthly mission and reveals God's desire to save lost souls. We also learn that seeking lost sinners and bring them into redemption is of the most importance to the heart of God. Amen? This morning, I will be sharing on the parable of the lost son and I will be concentrating on the word compassion. 
Compassion. What is compassion? Compassion is a deep awareness of and sympathy for another's suffering. Compassion means you suffer with another person. The word has a strong and personal element. To give compassion to me more than just feeling sorry for someone. More than feeling sorry for the person. To have compassion, it means to go down in the midst where the needs are and suffer with the ones who are in need. A believer must have a change of heart in order to affect those around them. It is not so much of what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside that matters. Say, for example, you have a beautiful package. You know package can look beautiful. But until you open that package, you will never know what's on the inside. Likewise, a bomb. You have never seen a bomb package looking rocket. You never know it's a bomb until it goes off. Then you know exactly what's on the inside. Our God is the only one that knows our God. He's the only one that can see what is inside of us. He saw the dark things, the ugly things, things that himself would not be with. Only God can change our heart. Only our God can put our heart right. But we have to be willing and able to allow him to come into our heart and to set our hearts in the right way. And sin, sin is something that sets within us. It's toxic, it can cripple our, our whole entire life. Sin is like a toxic chemical in the river. It manifests itself in a way that is selfish and it is rebellious against the will of God. But without God in our lives, without God taking first place in our life, this sin will cripple us. So we have to stay focused and remember who is in control. God Almighty is in control. Amen. The reason why we need God, He alone can give us the heart. He alone can replace our heart of self-centeredness with His love. God promises true. I will give you a new heart and put a new thing in your spirit. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. A heart that will cry out and see God. A heart that will humble themselves before him. This is recorded in Ezekiel 36 and verse 26. That God's word is promised to give us a heart. A heart that will seek and will serve him. In order to make a difference, we must allow the Holy Spirit to come within us. To change our heart from a heart of indifference and harshness. To give us a heart of compassion and kindness. Our hearts have to be in tune with God. We have to be in tune all the time. It's an everyday thing. Only God can reach down and touch on the inside something that no human can ever touch. Only God can make us give up the things that we never want to give up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Only God can make us give up the things that we never want to give up. 
Don't you say so? Amen. Amen. Well, glory be to God. 
Christ to give us that power to stand up. The gospel of Jesus Christ allow us to walk in freedom. Glory, hallelujah. The songwriter penned this song, it says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail Glory, hallelujah. God's compassion never fails. Amen. Bless the Lord. God requires to repent, confess our sins, acknowledge that we have sinned, and humble ourselves so that we can be able to be in communion with Him. Praise the Lord. This verse is very significant because it shows us that compassion is not just a feeling, it's not just an emotion, it's not just feeling sorry for the person. Compassion is an action word. Amen. Hallelujah. Biblical compassion. Biblical compassion means that you see the problem. You move by the knee. You go where the problem is and you get involved. You try to help someone in the problem and try to help them the best way you can. We assure them that there is a comforter. There is a way maker. There is a provider. There is a compassionate God who is bigger than any situation that we're going through. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's part of the Nazism, any form of punishment we deserve. But instead, we have mercy and compassion and the poor in this country. Hallelujah. Our heavenly Father is like that. Amen. Praise the Lord. The heavenly son heard of the party at the house. He really wanted to know what was going on. He wasn't happy with his father behavior. He wanted to know why the father is having a celebration. But his father did not stop him from joining the celebration. He stopped himself. He was not capable of joining his father and celebrating his brother. Hallelujah. The father said, this my son, he was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. Hallelujah. Jesus. The son represents, this eldest son represents the Pharisees who are homeward keep God's command. But inwardly, they're showing just pride and judgmental spirit. Glory, hallelujah. All these are hindrances in us serving God. These are the barriers we need to be removed. Until we move these barriers, until we declutter our mind, we will never be able to see the vision. Until we empty ourselves of our pride, our stubborn attitude and allow the Spirit of God to move through us. We will never be able to take up our rightful place and serve with compassion. Glory, hallelujah. Having a heart of compassion has got a heaven of forgiveness. Hallelujah. It enables us to forbore any right that we have to punish and extend mercy instead. This was appropriate because this son knew that he had done something wrong and he repented. 
Many of us, many of us know that we have done wrong. Yes, we are so blessed for this. We carry on as normal. We carry on as if everything is okay. But remember, there's an answer in our watching. He sits high and he looks low. Glory, hallelujah. In Hosea 4 and verse 6, you can read that for yourself later. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because thou hast rejected knowledge. We know what is right, but yet we do what is wrong. He said, I will reject thee, that thou shalt not be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. It pays to obey the word of God. There are great consequences when we don't obey. Hallelujah. In 1 Samuel 16 and verse 24, I disobeyed the Lord's instruction because I was afraid of the people. It was God's name to Samuel. So I did what the people asked me. Saul knew the right thing. He admitted that he disobeyed God's instruction because he was afraid of the people. He was pleasing people. Please, don't let it be known among us that we are people pleasers. We are to please God. God Almighty is our source. He is our everything. He deserves our please. Amen. Hallelujah. So he thought on the blessing that God had in store for him. Because he was insecure. He allowed the people to squeeze him into their necks. He was afraid to disappoint somebody. Glory, hallelujah. God is the source of our life. He alone deserves to be pleased. When this young son took out on his journey, he didn't know the decision of his, of his journey. He really didn't know what was going to come upon him. But he got to the spot where he needed to repent. And he learned of his ways and he repented. Therefore, any further punishment to this young man would have only been punitive and not constructive. This young son found himself in a place where he knew that was never the life for him. He didn't sit down and wallet tells himself pity. He thought about it, he rose up, and he returned home to his father. Glory, hallelujah. He rise up with positive attitudes. He didn't let nothing hinder him from returning home. Because home is where the heart is. In spite of what happened out there, in spite of the bigger picture out there, in spite of a wider world, so many attractions is out there. But at the end of the day, home is where the heart is. And he returned home to his father. Glory, hallelujah. The reader said, his father had compassion on him. That was a joyous moment for the Father. Hallelujah. Moment of praise to God. Glory. Moment of rejoicing. Said, oh God. Can you imagine that son and that father rejoicing? Can you imagine the reunion? You are knowing somebody coming to visit you. A long lost family friend or members of the family return home. You make all the necessary preparation, don't you? And you rejoice, you celebrate, you share. 
And this is what his father was doing. He was sharing in the gladness that his son that was lost is now found. To him, his son was dead. But glory be to God, he's alive that he was able to return unto his father. Hallelujah. The eldest brother never knew that his father all along was grieving over his son. He thought all was well. But like God is in the midst of everything, you know there's brighter days at the end. God has compassion for lost souls. God's love for lost souls are so great that he never ceases to grieve for them until they return. When sinners and backsliders genuinely, sincerely return to God, He is more than ready to receive them with forgiveness, love, and compassion. There is a moment of rejoicing in heaven when one soul returns to God. Glory, hallelujah! The angels, they rejoice because one soul returns to God. When our mindset is changed, we develop a heart of compassion. And we will have compassion on the one around us. We will have compassion and we won't have to walk the other side to avoid our brother or our sister. We will have compassion that we will stand up and we will greet our brother or our sister and we could even point out to them that you are wrong. But because of the grace of God and the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He can make a difference in our life. He will fill us with that compassion so we can turn that wrong to right. Hallelujah. Our God is an reassuring God. That brother and sister that you are avoiding, maybe you are the one God wants to leave that one to them. Maybe you are the one who's asking to share a word of kindness. Maybe you are the one who wants to show compassion to that individual. Sometimes they will pretend they don't care. Sometimes they will pretend that they're not hearing you. They will not always follow your instruction. But that doesn't mean you turn your back on them. That doesn't mean you walk away and you close the door. God will never close the door on us. He's a patient God. He waits upon us patiently. Maybe we need to share the word of God with that individual. We need to remind them there is life for a loop at the crucified one. And there is life at this moment for thee. They sometimes pretend they don't hear or see you. And they don't want you to hear from you. They want sometimes wonder. Who is she and who is he? What do you think you're doing? I know more than you, I know better than you. But don't let it put you off. You were appointing in that direction for a reason. Don't be discouraged. That individual needs to show love and compassion. And they need it from you. When you see they accept what you're saying to them and they started to listen, you nurture them. Encourage them in their way of repentance. Allow them to grow victorious. When they start seeking and listening to the word of God, there will be changes in their life. In other words, for us to remain victorious and be encouraged, let us remind ourselves of the word of God of Paul, outlined in Colossians 3 and verse 12. 
Repent therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. Put on, literally means to dress oneself with those. It means in this case to take on or assume certain virtues, certain qualities. First, by the misdefinition is the moral excellence of a person. They are trustworthy, they are respectful, they are courageous, they are loving, forgiving, and kind. In other words, they do the things that are right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. One might say good qualities with the But none of us is perfect. Only God Himself is perfect. What we practice becomes us. Therefore, let virtue be cultivated and let it be more widespread in our lives. Colossians 3 verse 30 says, Bowels of mercy, heartfelt compassion. It means kindness, caring, or willingness to help others. How helpful are how willing are we towards the people around us? Do I care enough that my sister is hurting? Do I care enough that my brother is hurting? Are we need? I have practicing how can I help my brother? How can I help my sister? Am I compassionate enough to be standing with my sister or my brother and to say, I love you and mean it deeply? Hallelujah, Jesus. Compassion is a very positive emotion, it has to do with being good. It has, it has to do with doing the right thing. Look in our world today. We are so lacking of compassion. A very few people have to show compassion. Therefore, this takes me back to the parable of the Good Samaritan. Many will walk the other side. Many will pretend they never see. But the one with a compassionate heart, glory be to God. That one will step up the pace, and that one will lend a helping hand. Let us wear more compassion today. Hallelujah, Jesus, bless the Lord. The letter of First Peter is in 2,000 years ago. It lays out the link between compassion and suffering. This letter was written for the first generation of Christians who were discovering that the world was pretty hostile towards them. Their response was not to treat hostility with hostility or to repay evil with evil. Their response was to acknowledge first how difficult it was for them to practice their Christian faith in such a difficult environment, and then to show love and compassion to each other. Yet, they stood their ground. They stand firm. They stand and cry to solid rock because they know all of the ground is sinking sand. And they know they were Christians. Hallelujah. While they are, while they are placed in this world, they're Christians. 
no experience hostility, even violent because of their faith. I would say that you and I don't know the suffering that Christians in other parts of the world are experiencing today. They have but never yet been told. But we all know that our society, this our society is pretty advanced. We are conditioned to judge and criticize. Our children are trained up to compete other than to care. And our moral reaction is to think, me first, I want, I must have, as long as I have, I don't care if you have. These are attitudes that will come us showing compassion. Compassion then requires us to draw something other than our instincts and our basic impulse. In spite of all that is happening around the world today, our God has a plan for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. It is obvious that our action and our behaviors take a great position in our relationship with our brothers and with our sisters and the relationship that we have with God. Amen. Hallelujah. It requires us to acknowledge the presence of suffering, which is a common thread of our humanity. And it requires us strongly to get over ourselves, our opinion, and our self-centeredness, and seek God, and start wearing the bowels of compassion. Hallelujah. Then again, going says like this, only who feeds it knows it. Many of us don't know what suffering is all about. Many of us never know what it is to go without. Therefore, the lack of suffering can lead to lack of compassion. Two psychologists from California ran several studies. They want to know if social flaws affect the ability of willingness care about somewhere. My God, my God. The results of all the studies show the same conclusion. Yes, social class does affect the ability and willingness to be compassionate. They concluded that wealth and abundance give a sense of freedom and independence from others. Hallelujah. The lesson the less a person has to rely on someone else, the less that person will care about that person. But glory to God. God called us to a life of a different living. God called us to a life of not being selfish. God called us to a life where we need to show love and kindness to each other. God Almighty is love. He loved us so much that he made a way for us. He loved us so much that it doesn't matter what state we are in, his mercy reaches us. He covers us with his love and his mercy. There's a songwriter who reminds us that compassion asks us to enter in the path where it hurts. Compassion asks us to step out with the weak. Compassion asks us to be kind. Compassion asks us to be gentle. 
Compassion offers to show power with the powerless. Compassion offers to weep with those who are weeping. Compassion offers to show glory and glory and glory to God Almighty. Compassion offers to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Compassion means forget about yourself. Compassion means that you help the ones around you. Compassion is you show love. Most of the time, our first instinct is not compassion. Our first response, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. We pray in your name, Jesus. 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 Biological hurt is to protect oneself and one resources. And that's not what God requires of us. He wants us to wear the power of compassion. Hallelujah. When you start to show power of compassion, you will realize that you started living a different life. You realize that your approach to life is totally different to what the one you used to live. When you start to be compassionate, you find out that you will affect the life of those around you. Because you have been an example, you have been a child of God, and you have to show love. You have to live the life which is pleasing unto God Almighty. Our life is what the world sees. Many of us don't read the Bible. There are many people out there don't read the Bible. But they look at you, they look at me, they say, that one is a Christian. Let me watch this one and see the lifestyle that they are living. Let me watch this one and see how much I can read from that book. Let us remember we are children of God, and we ought to be the power of compassion. Jesus. Oprah again, Mother Teresa, she described, she found this paradox. She said, if you love until it hurts, there will be no more hurt but pure love. Maybe our compassion over time, over centuries, will grow to outweigh the depression, will grow to outweigh the suffering, and will grow to allow us to love even more. Hallelujah. Jesus. Glory be to God. Compassion, it invites us to walk with the weak. Compassion. Here's the power that we wear on a daily basis. When we open up our hearts to God and allow Him to come in, He will work with you. If you avail yourself before Him, He will give you all the necessary tools you need to grow compassion. Because our God is able. He is able to do all things. My God. My God. We pray in name Jesus. When we encounter with people outside who need some love from us, who need some encouragement from us, Brother Paul the Apostle, he helped us to look around and to view, he said, that people who need a check is such a grace. As God chosen, holy beloved, gentle, patient, 
we ask that we close ourselves with compassion. He suggests also that we bear with one another and we forgive one another. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Compassion allows us to understand the troubles of others. As we show compassion, we're pointing others to the one who pour out his heart of grace and compassion upon us. Our heavenly Father, compassion never fails. May we mirror his heart today. May we start bearing the bowels of compassion today. May we be tender to somebody today, more tender than we were yesterday. The power of compassion is far greater than anything that money can buy. The power of compassion, it will give you the strength. It will empower you, and you yourself will be surprised at the things that you are doing. Because you are wearing the power of compassion. Remember, Jesus' compassion never fails. In Matthew 14 and verse 14, it tells us Jesus had compassion on the great crowd that was following him. What did he do? He healed the sick and he feeds 5,000 people. Glory be to God. That shows us that God's compassion never fails. Again, in Matthew 15 and verse 32, Jesus felt compassion in another crowd. What did he do? He fed 4,000 men, and not only the men, he fed the children and the women as well. So you see, compassion is an option word, it's a doing word. Compassion means doing. When Jesus saw the two blind men on Jericho Road in Matthew 24, it's in Matthew 20, in verse 34, sorry. It tells us that Jesus felt compassion for them. He healed them on the spot. Compassion is a doing word. It's not just saying the word and not doing. It needs the option to follow. Let us turn our hearts to God. Jesus moved for God's soul that he shed his blood upon Calvary's cross. Let us turn our thoughts to God today. Let us remind him that he is the only one that can look in our hearts. He is the only one that can reach that place that no human can ever reach. He is the only one that can turn our sadness into joy. He is the only one can make us glad when we are sad. He is the only one that reminds us that joy comes in the morning. He is the only one that helps us to remember, remind us to wear the power of compassion. And he will keep you through it. He will carry you through whatever it is you are going through. Just look unto Jesus, our compassionate God.
give us the victory that we can shout from the bottom and our heart and say, Thy will be done as mine, O Lord. He is the only one. Remember his compassion never fails. Let us look to him today. As we look unto Jesus, our heart and finish up our faith. Let us open up the wardrobe of our spiritual life. And as we glaze through, let us make sure that the garments of humility and compassion is there. Humility should be the hallmark of every Christian. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. What will he do? He will lift you up. He will strengthen you. He will guide you along the way. There's nothing too hard for our God to do. Glory. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. In Philippians 2, it reminds us, do nothing of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Glory. Philippians 1 verse 3, you can read that for yourself. Humility also is recognizing that you need God in your life. Humility is being comfortable with God in your life. And seeking to build those who are not so fortunate to be wearing the powers of compassion. Humility will guide us to walk gratefully with God Almighty, we praise his name. In the Bible, Jesus gives good example of humility and compassion in action. Although he was the Son of God, he was gently and humbly, and he was strong. I am gently and humbly now. Take Matthew 11, verse 29. In closing, if today we find that we are locking the bonds of compassion, please let this be day be a turnaround in our lives. Let this day be the last day we walk around without showing compassion. Jesus. David reminds us in Psalm 73, says, My flesh and my heart but God, the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Is God the strength of our heart today? Can we stand up like David and say that my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart? Will today be the day? that we clothe ourselves with compassion. Glory. May God bless us today that we continue to wear the garment of compassion and humility. May we always remember others need us more than we need ourselves. Compassion is a word of action. Let's go for today and wear powers of compassion. May God bless you all.
need one of the fruits of the Spirit.